Have you tried everything you know to get your child to stop whining and disobeying, but nothing seems to be working? Do you struggle with how to explain the term self-control to your two or three-year-old? Especially when self-control is hard for an adult. You know, especially adults with Girl Scout cookies in the pantry. Well, then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for updates so you'll always know about new podcast episodes. You'll also receive a free gift from Ginger when you sign up. Well, hey there, Ginger. As our listeners might know, we've had quite an influx of questions come in since we started the podcast back in February. So much so that we've decided to take the whole month of July just to address those questions. Uh, These will be shorter episodes with no ads, and we just hope they'll be helpful for you, our listeners. Uh, But before we get started on today's question, I did want to mention that we are incredibly grateful for those of you who have liked, subscribed, and commented on the podcast on all your different platforms. We've actually had more than 100,000 downloads since February, which is incredibly humbling and encouraging to both of us. Uh, But Ginger, I do want to point out that we've been demoted on iTunes. Um from five stars to 4.9. And I think I know why. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure I know where you're going with this, Katie, but go ahead. Ginger, it's because of the onion goggles and Mm -hmm. maybe the Vaseline. Um, Mm -hmm. Our quick tips are killing our ratings, Ginger. (laughs) Well, I will say, though, that because of my maybe not so great quick tips, which I personally (laughs) think are brilliant, so I don't know what you're talking about, Katie, (laughs) it has resulted in some of our listeners sending in some really good quick tips that we'll definitely be sharing on some of our upcoming episodes, Yes, which I am thrilled thrilled about that because I was beginning to uh, start thinking that maybe mine were so good that it was intimidating our listeners. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That- <laughs> so I don't know what's up with the uh, 4.9 out of 5 star ratings, but that couldn't possibly be because of my quick tips. No, no. Of course, we're, we're kidding. Ginger and I are not about the numbers. Honestly, if we had nothing but 5 stars, Ginger, I would be concerned that my parents and your parents are the only ones leaving the ratings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've sort of suspected that. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but I do want to read a recent review that was so encouraging to us. Uh, Tate Skate, I think that's how you say it, uh, writes this. I can't say enough about this wonderful podcast. Ginger's advice is so practical and straightforward. Her teaching is full of scripture, and she also shows how to bring scripture and biblical truths into all aspects of raising up our children. This podcast will convict you of where you need to change, but also leave you encouraged. Praise God for this teaching. Wow, Ginger, I just want to say this is what we prayed for before we started this podcast and all throughout as we record. Mm -hmm. We want to allow God's word to convict and encourage moms and dads who want to raise their children in a biblical way. Mm, Absolutely. That's so right, Katie. It's our desire and our prayer that God would use us to encourage parents with the truths of His Word. We want to point you and help you point your children to Jesus. This is not a podcast about what Katie and I think or how we feel about parenting, Mm -hmm. because apart from the wisdom of God's Word and the work of the Holy Spirit, Katie and I have nothing to offer. So we hope that you're hearing from God, not us on every single episode. We're so encouraged by the response we're getting. And yes, it's, it is very humbling and exciting that we've had over 100,000 downloads. But I will just say that the day this podcast becomes about us making a name for ourselves over exalting the name of Jesus, 
that is the day that we would need to step down. Amen. So having said that, we would so appreciate if you, our listeners, would uh, just pray for us. Um, which I, I think it would be awesome if you guys would commit, uh, maybe even at the end of every episode that you listen to, to pray that God would give uh, Katie and me wisdom that um, as we prepare content, that He would just empty us of ourselves and fill us with His Spirit and just use this podcast for His glory. Man, I think if our listeners would commit to pray that for us after every ep- episode each week, um, I think God would show up in powerful ways. James 5.16 tells us that the prayers of the saints are powerful and effective. And mm. that is our goal for this podcast, that it would be used in powerful and effective ways by God to do a work in the hearts of His people uh, for His kingdom purposes. And we would just be so humbled if our listeners would pray for us as we pray for you guys as well. Yes. So our first listener question today comes from Kyrie. I think it's how we say it. Uh, Kyrie submitted this question through Ginger's Instagram account, and it was a follow-up question on the episode to the episode we did on when kids whine back in April. So just to recap, we talked about a three-step plan for teaching whining kids to communicate with self-control. Part of that plan was for the child to wait three minutes. So we talked about setting an actual timer and then come back and communicate the right way with a self-controlled voice. So that was episode 11. If you guys missed it, you can go back and listen. So Kyrie had a great follow-up question. She asks, what do you do if during the three-minute wait, the kiddos continue to whine? Do you simply ignore them and go about your tasks? Well, Kyrie, if you're following the plan that we talked about in that uh, When Kids Whine episode, you aren't exactly ignoring them because you're allowing them to experience the natural consequence, which is they don't get whatever it is they're whining for. And if they're if they're not necessarily whining to get something, but just whining as a general means of communicating the natural consequences, that they don't get to have that conversation with you until they can communicate with self-control. The key is to never give in to a whining child, because if you do, that's just going to encourage them to continue whining. So if you set the timer and they keep whining, it's not that you're ignoring them. You're still being proactive and not giving in. You're not catering to their whining at all, which is going to teach them that whining doesn't benefit them in any way. That's good, Ginger. And, you know, we know that our listeners love practical information. So can you give us a real life scenario here? Sure. Let's say that your child has a toy that's not working or that needs new batteries or something. And rather than simply asking for help, the child starts whining. You might start with just a very simple heart probing question, something like, sweetie, are you asking for help with your self-controlled voice? No, honey, you're not. God wants you to have self-control, even with your voice. And because I love you so much, I want to help you get that self-control. So I'm going to set the timer for three minutes. And when the timer goes off, then you may ask for help the right way. And then I'll be happy to help you. Also, Kyrie, if after you have that conversation and set the timer and the whining continues, uh, which is what your question actually is, I think it's wise to not give the whining child an audience. Just have him sit in his room alone or for our listeners who uh, might be having the same problem. If your child's really young, you might even put him in his crib or his playpen until he can gain self-control. Again, this isn't ignoring him. You're proactively training him in several ways. Uh, because let's just think about it. First, you're setting the standard of self-control. Second, you're giving him the consequence of having to wait three minutes. If he continues to whine during that time, he's still aware of the timer and the three minutes that he's having to wait. And that could seem like an eternity for a small child. And then third, if he continues to whine, 
you're not giving him an audience, which makes his performance not nearly as much fun because performers thrive on audience reaction. Take it from a mom who has two kids who are actors. Performing arts is pointless if there's no one to perform for. Well, hold on there, Ginger, because my brother tells stories about me arguing with myself in the mirror when I was younger. <laughs> now, I have no memory of that. But it's probably true. Um, I was a good enough audience for my own arguments, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow I can totally picture you doing that, Katie. Also, um, even if your child continues to whine, you're still having him suffer the natural consequences of not getting the thing he's whining for. So that's not ignoring. That's training. And remember that training is a process. I've had lots of emails and lots of people coming up to me at my events and telling me uh, that this three-step plan that we talked about in episode 11 has completely revolutionized their homes uh, in a very short period of time. So that's really encouraging. Mm-hmm. Well, Ginger, I want to throw a kink in your response for a minute, uh, because when I was in college, I lived with my aunt and uncle, and I babysat four of my cousins that summer, and I learned so much from that experience, mainly that I needed to stay in college. Um, but my <laughs> youngest cousin, Liza, was two at the time, and she was a very precocious child. Uh, she sat at dinner one night and rattled off all the words that she wasn't allowed to say. I mean, she had compiled this list on her own. Um, and she knew that more than most of us realized because she retained everything she saw on television. Um, it was funny and not funny at the same time. But I distinctly remember one day when my aunt put her in timeout and Liza sat in timeout and without knowing I was listening to her, proceeded to call her mom uh, some of those names that she wasn't allowed to say. <laughs> so in a situation like that, where the child is clearly trying to get a rise out of the parent or you know, is saying things that are above and beyond simply whining, what would you do in that situation? Well, Katie, that's actually a totally different issue. If a child is calling her parents names and saying words that she knows she's not allowed to say, that's an issue of willful defiance. And in our home, there was always a consequence for willful defiance. Um, and in, in the case of your cousin, Katie, it probably needed to be a consequence that was more effective than timeout because apparently that wasn't working very well. <laughs> Personally, I wasn't a big fan of time out with my kids. Uh, in my experience and my observations, putting them in a time out, it, it just seemed to often result in a power struggle to keep them in that time out. Then you're dealing with a whole new mm. issue of disobedience. So with some kids, maybe not all, but with some kids, time out just adds another issue to deal with, in my opinion. Uh, we need to be wiser than our kids. So we need to avoid power struggle. And, you know, like I said, with a lot of kids, time out seems to lead to power struggles. Um, even with a three-step plan for teaching kids not to whine, they don't necessarily have to go to their rooms during that three-minute wait after setting that timer. The three-minute wait doesn't necessarily have to be spent in isolation. Okay, well, this is an interesting point, Ginger. And honestly, I hadn't ever thought of that until you just clarified it. I always assumed that the wait time you talk about would be spent in timeout. But you're saying the wait alone is often enough for some kids, right? Right. The point is just that they have to wait. It, it doesn't matter uh, what they're doing during that wait. Mm -hmm. And then more importantly, we want them to come back and communicate the right way. There's really no reason for that time, as far as I see it, to be spent in isolation. I, I just mm -hmm. don't see why that really matters either way. So I would just say that's just up to the parent. Also, Kyrie, as far as your child whining, 
um, if after a couple of weeks, you don't start seeing a change after using the three-step plan that we talked about in episode 11, you might consider switching gears and turning his whining into an issue of disobedience. In other words, if you tell your child to stop whining and he doesn't, well, really, then it becomes an issue of willful defiance. And it's wise for there to be a consequence for willful defiance. Okay, Ginger. So another question that came in on Instagram was this. What if they ask for something and the answer is no, and then they whine? Yeah, that's definitely not the time to use a three-step plan. The plan is more for children who ask for things in a whiny voice, as well as children who use a whiny voice just as a general means of communicating. It's a plan to teach them to communicate with self-control. So if your child asks for something and the answer is no, and then the child whines, again, you have an issue of disrespect and defiance on your hands. And this is not the time to have her ask again, but to administer consequences. And then, of course, again, what's even more more important uh, than the consequences is to walk her through how she should have responded to your answer. We always want to teach them how to replace what is wrong with what is right. Also, one thing that can really be helpful in encouraging kids to accept our no answers with self-control and respect is to add yes, mom at the end. So you might say, uh, no, sweetie, you may not put the cat in the refrigerator. (laughs) You need to obey yes, mom, and then require the child to respond with yes, mom, or uh, no, we're about to eat dinner soon, so you may not have a snack right now. Yes, mom. Adding that yes, mom to the end of our instructions encourages them to respond wisely because we're actually feeding them the right response. And it's totally okay. And it's even helpful to tell them the right way to respond because then we're encouraging them to think about the right response and we're encouraging them to choose to obey. So just the simple act of encouragement was a a really big game changer for my kids when they were little. Now, of course, my kids said, yes, ma'am, because we live in the South, but uh, but I I do realize that that's a very cultural thing. So yes, mom is just as respectful for our non-Southern friends out there. Yeah, we're big on yes, ma'am in our house. Um, either that or certainly mom with an English accent. I'll accept either one in our house. Um, <laughs> honestly, Ginger, it's probably my corny jokes that are causing us to lose stars on iTunes. Um, if that's the case, we're, we're toast. We're headed, <laughs> we're headed down the wrong road. Uh, well, how about this, Katie? How about with that uh, 0.1 rating that we're off, uh, I'll chalk up that point zero five to my crazy quick tips that are don't seem to be going over very well. If you'll chalk up point uh, zero five to your corny jokes, how about that? Yep, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> okay, all right. So uh, the yes, mom thing. When we give a clear answer. Um, our clear instructions and then require our children to respond that they've understood that answer or those instructions with yes, mom, then there's no room for question or confusion. It makes it a cut and dry issue and it actually puts the ball in their court. They can either choose to obey or choose to disobey. And if they choose to disobey, then they're choosing a consequence. So really, we're giving them the freedom of choice there. So we probably need to prepare our kids too that when they respond with yes, mom or yes, ma'am, they're not just going through motions. They need to actually understand what we're saying to them to avoid consequences for, you know, accidental disobedience brought on by not listening. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily on Instagram has a two-year-old and asked if you thought three minutes might be too long for a two-year-old to wait. Hmm. Well, I don't know the attention span of Emily's two-year-old, but Emily, I think that your question shows uh, great discernment on your part. 
you're the mom and God gives moms a sense of discernment to know what's best for their kids. So if you think three minutes might be too long, then I would say it's probably too long. So just set the timer for two minutes or or even one minute. It's fine to adjust the time to whatever you think is best for your child because no one knows your child as well as you do. And I want to encourage you guys also, that was a good question. It makes me think about this. I I really want to encourage you guys to not get hung up on the methods that Katie and I talk about. I mean, Katie and I love to offer helpful tips and helpful ideas, but we don't want you guys to get caught up or hung up on the things that aren't biblical mandates. Just use discernment. The Lord has given you discernment and be confident that He will lead you and that He'll help you tailor your child training methods to what's best for your child. So ask Him for wisdom and He will certainly give it to you. That's right, Ginger. And you know, I've just found in my own experience that one minute for every year of age is a pretty good rule. Mm, Yeah, I Um, like that. Ginger, you had one more quick question on Instagram about whining, and it comes from Chrissy. And she asks this, how do I explain the term self-control to my two or three-year-old? The same way you explain any word to a two or (laughs) three-year-old, by using it in the context of the moment. The more you use the word self-control in the context of the moment, the quicker your child's going to understand the meaning of it. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind, it's okay to demonstrate how a self-controlled voice sounds. That can actually be really helpful. And for the child who uh, maybe is a chronic whiner, it it might even be necessary for you to say, uh, repeat after me or say it like this as part of your training and instruction. That's great. And, you know, something I don't recommend doing is uh, impersonating or mocking how your children said it the first time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Learn from my mistake here, people. It usually exasperates, and honestly, it just embarrasses the child. Um, I was trying to show one of my kids what they sounded like, but it was not a helpful exercise. Um, But instead, maybe have the child practice both the self-controlled way and then demonstrate, um, have them demonstrate how they said it before so they can hear the difference in their own voice. Um, And then maybe have them do it again the correct way so you're ending with the correct way. That's just a suggestion. Most kids don't like it when you mirror their bad behavior back to them just to prove a point. (laughs) Uh, And since you mentioned learning in the context of the moment, I'll mention that episode 22 is about that very thing, teaching kids in the context of the moment. So just check that out, listeners, if you haven't already. Katie, I really appreciate you sharing that about not mirroring bad behavior back to our kids. Uh, I recently, at one of my events, talked to a woman who runs a, a child daycare center, and she told me about a kid that keeps biting other kids, and she said that she's just been biting him back. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? I'm pretty sure that's not the best way to respond, oh, and, uh, given that it is a daycare center and someone else's child, I I would say that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Oh, it is. So not to get off topic here, but at my events this year, I'm actually getting more and more questions about kids biting and hitting other kids Mm -hmm. and even biting and hitting their parents. So, you know, maybe Katie, we need to think about doing an episode on that. With my kids, I actually uh, have to admit that I've dealt with most of the issues that we've talked about on this podcast, but thankfully, biting and hitting, those were just not issues that my kids struggled with, so I'm really thankful for that, Um, but I really don't have any experience with it, so I don't really know how to address it. I just haven't thought through that, so I'd love to hear, actually, from some of our listeners whose kids maybe have struggled with biting or hitting, especially if you guys have found an effective way to address it. Yeah, so if you guys have any advice on that, we would love to hear it. Uh, You can send in any advice or tips you have about kids biting and hitting by going to gingerhubbard.com and using any of the contact forms. Oh, and just uh, one more thing about whining. Let me say something about timers here. Now, of course, you guys could just use the timer on your phone, but... 
you know, that's not any fun at all. In fact, I'd say that's kind of boring. I actually have some really fun kid-friendly timers available on my website now. I have ladybugs in pretty bright colors, and I also have farm animal timers. I've got pigs and cows and chickens, and they are just so cute. I've actually been taking them to my speaking events, and kids are just eating them up. Kids love to be able to pick out their own timers. So if you're just now wanting to start using the three-step plan to help your kids break the bad habit of whining, uh, explaining the plan, and then letting them pick out their own timers, that's a really fun way to get this sort of training started on a positive note. Also, when you click on the timers on my website, I offer a brief and detailed description of the three-step plan that Katie and I talked about in episode 11. So you can actually print that out if you like. That's right. And listeners, you can check out the timers and the three-step plan at gingerhubbard.com. And we'll also put a link in today's show notes. Well, thank you, Ginger, and thank you, listeners, for joining us. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, we would love for you to leave us a rating or review. We got to get that point one up. Um, Just kidding. This helps us, though, to get the word out about our podcast. That's really what's important to us so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubber.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. While you're on gingerhubber.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. So today we're offering her parenting book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, Biblical Wisdom for Taming Your Child's Tongue, at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubber.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week for another Q&A episode. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. <laughs>